0: before we dive into our sermon this morning, there are a a few housekeeping things that we need to do, need to take care of. Um, This is an exciting week, right? Um, So there are a couple of things I want to let you know. First of all, tonight at 4 o'clock, we will be gathering um, here to go Christmas caroling. Uh, And so I would encourage you to come and join us as we will go out and we'll visit several of um, members of our community who are homebound and and bring some Christmas cheer to them. And then when we're done, we're going to come back, and we're going to eat chili. So what? I, so if you want to come at 4 o'clock, prepare uh, a pot of your favorite chili and bring it, and we will enjoy that together this evening uh, as we um, uh, spend this last time together. We've done this the last three or four years, um, I think, and I, I love it. I, it's become a wonderful uh, tradition for us. Um, to, to go Christmas caroling and, and eat chili. And any time I get to eat chili is a good day. Um, however, because of that, there will not be worship this evening. We're going to serve and fellowship. Um, and so we will not have a worship this evening. Um, in fact, we will not have a, worship, a Sunday evening worship service again um, until the second Sunday in January. Because since the first is a Sunday, I figure we won't do one then. Um, so we will not have a Christmas, a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening service until the second Sunday in January. Also, there will be no Wednesday night programming until January the 4th. So that means this Wednesday and next Wednesday, no Wednesday night. Um, spend some time with your family and prepare. Finally, we've got um, next weekend, we have three services that you need to know about. The first of those is at 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. That is our family-friendly service. Not that the late service isn't family-friendly, but if you've got little people, you probably don't want them out at midnight. Um, but So at 2 o'clock will be our, our family-friendly service, so come then, as we have done in the past, wear your favorite uh, Christmas sweater or Christmas blazer or Christmas suit or Christmas tie. Um, really show up and show your Christmas spirit. Um, and then Sunday, uh, Christmas... Stop, slow down, back up. Saturday evening, Christmas Eve, at 11 o'clock, we're going to have a community candlelight service. So that will be the service. um, That will be the service. And again, feel free to bring little people if you wish. Um, Although that late, they probably need to be in bed since somebody is coming to visit them the next day. Um, But if they want to be here, of course, be here. On Christmas Day itself, our service will be at 10.30, um, so it's going to be 30 minutes earlier than usual, but at 10 o'clock, there will be no Sunday school next week, but at 10 o'clock, um, come and join us in the fellowship hall for cookies and coffee. Um, if you would like to help make some cookies, um, either bring them with you that morning, or um, if, uh, if you want to bring them in ahead, uh, bring them by the church um, no later than Thursday, and um, we will make sure that they are wrapped and safe and prepared and here for Sunday morning. So ten o'clock for cookies and coffee. Ten thirty for worship next Sunday morning. Um, <clears throat> finally, um, you are going to receive something on your way out of church today, and it is the uh, prepared, um, uh, revised uh, bylaws. The committee has been hard at work uh, now since June, um, and um, so we are, are we have. Uh, finished, we think, um, the work on the bylaws, um, and um, so they are being um, uh, handed out to you for your first uh, look at them uh, today. Um, <clears throat> will the members of that committee please stand if you are here? So you see, um, you see the four that are here, and Cami also, Cami uh, Polverari, also a member of that committee. Y'all may be seated. Um, so the the point of that is. If you see something in here you don't like and you want to yell at someone, now you know the people to yell at. No, seriously, if you have any questions, why, did, why was something done a certain way? Why was something changed a certain way? Um, come and ask the members of the committee. What's going to happen from here is this. You all are going to have uh, a couple of weeks to examine, read through, perhaps call them. I would suggest you call them. You can call me if you wish. Um, ask questions about why certain things were done in a certain way. Our first session, listening session, is going to be on January the 8th. Um, Haven't set a time for that quite yet, but on January the 8th, the evening of January the 8th, we're going to gather together. Any questions that you might have about the bylaws, you'll have a chance to ask. Um, There'll be some conversation from the committee about certain things, why certain things were done a certain way. We're going to have that conversation. We're going to have a church business meeting, on January the 18th, Um, and so there'll be another opportunity for conversation. Uh, At that point, we're going to see what happens. If it looks like we need some more conversation, we'll have some more listening sessions through February, Um, and sometime um, in the beginning to middle of March, we will have a special call to church business meeting, the sole purpose of which will be to consider these bylaws uh, and to vote on them and hopefully to pass them and pass the revisions in them. Um, I will say this, Um, when pastors get together and pastors spend time with each other or talk with each other, we talk about our churches and we talk about things that are going well and we talk about things that aren't going well and we talk about the people we like and we talk about the people that we like. Um, But over the last several months, I have had the incredible joy of talking to fellow pastors about the work of this committee how much work they have put in how hard they have worked how thoughtful and prayerfully they have considered the needs of this congregation and now getting to talk to people about how excited I am about the document that that committee has produced Um, there are some things in here that are changing everything in here I think we will agree everything still carries our DNA it's still Fairmont First Baptist but there's some stuff that's changing but I think it's changing for the good I think it's changing to move us in the right direction. I think it's changing so that we can, can step into the next role and the next season of ministry and service to this community that God is calling us. I am excited about this, and I hope that as you read them, um, that you'll be excited. If you don't understand why certain changes were made, give the committee the opportunity to explain to you why the change was made the way that it was. Because I think that once you hear the heart of the committee... You are going to be as excited and enthusiastic about these as we are, um, maybe even before you hear the heart of the committee, but certainly after you hear the heart of the committee about it. So just be aware. So y'all will pick those up on your way out. I didn't want to give them to you on your way in because then you wouldn't listen to me. You'd just be reading the new bylaws. Um, I know how it works. Um, so you will pick those up on the way out. As we turn to our, our sermon this morning, um, I just want us to remember where we are. We're in this... Um, in this series in which we've been thinking about what the heart of Christmas is, um, thinking about how we get past um, the gifts and the decorations and the parties and the fun that that is so wonderful but that sometimes can overwhelm us and cause us to miss what the point is and miss the heart of Christmas. And so that first week we, we learned that we are offered hope in the middle of our circumstances because of God's faithfulness, because God keeps his word. The second week, we looked at the wonderful gift of peace that Jesus' sacrifice makes available to us. Peace with God, peace with one another, and peace with ourselves. And last week, we saw that joy is ours no matter the circumstances because God dwells with us. That even in dark days, even when, as the psalmist might say, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. He is near to us. He is our comfort and the source of our joy. And so this week, we're going to to look at, I would say, a a theme, an idea that sort of ties everything together, that brings these other gifts together, this last, final, greatest gift, and it is the gift of love, the great love that God has for each and every one of us. And so we are in the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter. We're in Galatians, the fourth chapter, reading verses four and five. Galatians four, verses four and five. Will you stand with me as we read God's word together? When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's only two verses, so I'm going to read it again. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so we might receive adoption as sons. This is the word of God. Read it, believe it, and live it. Let's pray. Dear God, as we spend time in your word this morning, I just pray that you would speak to us, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable and pleasing to you, our God and our King. Amen. may be seated. So, this is a season for gifts. Sometimes they're great gifts. Sometimes they're not so great gifts. But it's a season of gifts. Sometimes we're asked, where did the the, the tradition of gift giving at Christmas come from? And I think the real answer to that is, eh? Some people point to the Magi, to the fact that they brought gifts to Christ. Some people just point to the fact that it's a A festive time of year and one way that you can show people that you love them and want to spend time with them and want to be with them is to give them gifts. That is particularly true for those of us whose primary love language is gift giving. We love showing our love by giving gifts to other people. But I think there's also the possibility that we give gifts to one another because it is an outpouring and outflowing and outworking of the fact that great gifts have been given to us at Christmas by God. And we've talked about these, these four things, hope and peace and joy and love. We've talked about them as gifts this Christmas season. And they are gifts. And the one, like as I said today, we're going to be looking at, at love. And it's a gift, this love, this love from God is a gift that is, is so good that you don't have to rehearse how you're going to respond to it when you get it. You ever do that sometimes like you know there's that one aunt who always sends you like the pink bunny onesie with the ears from a Christmas story and you you have to act like you love it and you've got to rehearse ahead of time what you're going to say. The gifts that we receive and this gift of love that we receive from God is so good that we don't have to, in fact we cannot rehearse a response to it. See when God sent the Son to be born, it was an expression of God's unfailing, relentless love. And in fact, many of you might know that song, um, um, Overwhelming, Reckless Love, Reckless Love of God. And there's a lot of of ink has been spilt about that song and about whether or not God's love is reckless. Well, no, God's love is not reckless. But from the viewpoint of the world, God's love is reckless. If you were to love someone else in in their sin and in their misery and in their rebellion against you the way that God loves us in the midst of our sin and our misery and our rebellion against you, the world would turn to you and say, you are a fool. And yet that's the way that God loves us, by by the reckoning of the world. His love is reckless. His love is a gift that's thoughtful. We all love thoughtful gifts, right? It's a love that's a gift that's thoughtful because it meets our greatest need. Our sinful state. It's a gift we all, we, we don't like to admit it, but we like it when people spend a little coin on us, right? This gift is a gift that's priceless, Because it can never be purchased apart from Christ's blood. We like gifts that are going to last. And this is a gift that is timeless. Because the grace of God is never ending. This gift, this gift of love is the heart of Christmas. We come to our first point. Point one is this. God's gift was right on time. God's gift was right on time. Have you ever received a, a present from someone and just couldn't believe how perfect the timing was? A buddy of mine's a, a pastor at a Methodist church in Northwest Florida. As you may know, the Methodist Church is going through some, the United Methodist Church is going through some painful times right now. His church has made the decision to withdraw from the United Methodist Church. They can't follow the, the UMC where it's going. It's going to cost them a lot of money. A lot of money. This week, John was sitting in the office at church on Friday. He's never in the office on Friday, but he was in the office on Friday by himself. Someone comes, rings the doorbell. He goes to him. It's a member of the community, not someone who's a member of the church, a member of the community who says, I see the work that this church is doing. It's the end of the year, and I'd like to hand this to you. And he gave John a check for $20,000 for their congregation. Right on time. Right on time. God's gift was right on time. Galatians showed us this. Right there, right at the beginning of verse 4. When the time came to completion. When the time came to completion. Right at the moment when things were what they needed to be for God's gift to come, God sent His Son. See, even before the moment of creation... Even before creation was broken by sin, God had begun His process to, to, to com- bring this plan forth to restore and rescue all that He had made. And, and when the time came to completion, He sent His Son. You know, the Bible, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is an account of God's efforts and faithfulness to reverse the effects of the fall, His, His work to redeem His creation redeem us. And so motivated by, God, by love, God partners with those who love and trust him to enact the greatest rescue plan in history. Paul wrote that when Jesus came and was born to Mary, the fullness of time had come. It was the right moment in history to send his son to make a way for the world to be restored. Because of love, God was not content to sit back and watch his creation suffer forever. God went to great lengths to be with us and to make us part of his family again. What's perhaps most amazing is that when Jesus came, he came to meet us exactly where we are. He was born under the law of God in order to redeem humankind. His his perfect life met the demands that the law had those, those places where we fail, Jesus succeeded. We talked last week about the fact that Jesus was tempted in every way in which we are tempted. And that is true. But the continuation of that statement is, and yet he didn't fall to temptation. And so in ways that we will never understand, Jesus succeeded where we fail. And so brings us to, to point two, we are Loved into the family of God. We're brought into the family by love. Galatians tells us here that the full expressions of God's love is demonstrated in our adoption. We become children of God and brothers and sisters in Christ. We're given all of the privileges of sonship and daughtership with God as our Father. Some of you may know the name J.I. Packer. Dr. Packer was a a British theologian and pastor but who spent the last part of his career in Canada. Dr. Packer wrote this about the expression of love that comes to us at Christmas. Adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel offers. Higher even than justification. To be right with God, the judge, is a great thing. But to be loved and cared for by God, the Father, is even greater. You know, many of us live lives every day missing the fact that God loves us. We miss the fact that we've been adopted into his family. And so we have a hard time loving ourselves. And then, because we have a hard time loving ourselves, in turn, we have a hard time loving others who are also valued and treasured by God. Paul tells us elsewhere about the benefits of being in God's family and being recipients of this love, of this adoption, particularly in the, in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 6, 3 through 6 is this, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before Him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He lavished on us in the Beloved One. Drop down to verse 13. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you also believed, were sealed in Him and promised with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. As a part of God's family, we are made blameless in God's sight. Our sins are washed away by His love. God's will and way are made known to us as a father might share with a child. We are chosen to receive hope and salvation. We are marked with a seal that ensures that we are filled by the Spirit of God and will inherit eternal life as one of God's precious possessions. All of this, all of this is only possible because of the arrival at Jesus at just the right time to live a life full of temptation and yet without sin to die on a cross, to be buried in a tomb, and to rise again. For God, what? So loved the world that he, what? Sent his only begotten son. That those who believe in him, what? Won't perish, but have eternal life. Point three is this. Love freely received is love freely given. Love freely received is, is a love that is freely given. The reason love must be at the heart of Christmas is because if we miss this being, miss this being the central message of the season in the midst of the lights and the presents and the parties and the movies and the music and all of that fun stuff. Music, real quick. Pin in the important stuff. This is, this is the other thing. I got an original copy unopened of Loretta Lynn's Country Christmas yesterday on vinyl. What a great gift, right? What a great thing to have. It's wonderful. It gave me great joy to come home and put it on the turntable. Perhaps a little too much joy to come home and put it on the turntable yesterday. But if I think that that is the center of Christmas, if I think that that whatever gift I pull out from under the tree or whatever it is that Michael Buble is singing this year, if I think that that is the heart of Christmas, I've missed it. I've missed it all. And so we'll watch. I'm up at Christmas Carol for like the sixth or seventh time this season, this week. And we'll watch The Grinch, and we'll do all of that stuff. But I have to remember... What's at the center? Because, because when, we, when we overlook it, when we forget it, when we get so distracted by the other stuff, we may never end up receiving the gift for ourselves. The, the most tragic thing about this oversight is that we, is that we give the kind of love that we perceive to be ours. If we haven't experienced the grace of God, then it's difficult for us to give the grace of God. If we, don't know, if we don't know the compassion of God, it's given, difficult for us to express the compassion of God. But when we recognize the kind of love that God has for us, the, the compassion that he has for us, what he has given to us, it becomes the way that we treat the others around us. It becomes a testimony to the work that God has done in us. In fact, it's so strongly a testimony, I would venture to say this, that if you have received the gift, grace of God, you will extend that grace to others. Not perfectly, of course, but you'll still offer it. And brothers and sisters, let me say this to you this morning. If you find yourselves never able to offer that grace, if it's just never inside of you, if you are never able to offer that grace, then you need to have a long, hard conversation with yourself about whether or not you have ever actually received God's grace in your life. You need to ask yourself a really serious question. If you are never, and I'm not talking about you had a bad day and you get a little snippy. I'm not talking about you had to park in the Walmart parking lot. I'm talking about you're never able to offer the grace of God to others. You're never able to be gracious. Please go home today and ask yourself this question. Do I know God? Have I received his grace? Am I regenerate? Because I fear, if you're never able to offer, that the answer to that question might be no. One of the most famous passages of Scripture is First Corinthians 13, in which we receive this description of God's love. And it helps us understand God's love and the way God responds to us, but then in turn how we should respond to others. And so I offer you this rewrite of First Corinthians 13 for this holiday season. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows and strands of twinkling lights and shiny ornaments but do not have love, I'm just another decorator. If I work hard in the kitchen baking Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully ordained table at mealtime but have not love, I am just another cook. If I work at a soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all I have to charity but have not love... It profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties, sing in the Christmas cantata, but don't focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Carter, love puts down the phone to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind even when harried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that they are there to be in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Brothers and sisters, love never, ever, 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 one more, ever fails. Toys will break. That necklace that you get will get lost. The golf clubs will rust. But love, love that comes from God, love will endure. This Christmas, see the arrival of Jesus as the ultimate gift of God. The kind of gift where the only proper Response is to receive and to say thank you thank you, thank you may that love that you receive in your hearts cause you to live it out every day of the year I haven't missed it I haven't missed it I will honor the spirit of Christmas all the days of the year I will keep it in my heart the love Our hymn of invitation this morning is going to be a way